Hey everyone, this is Jack from the Cardboard Herald, and today we are taking a look at that big bad nasty back there. Yes, Frosthaven, the brand new sequel to 2017's mega hit Gloomhaven, a game that has long dominated the BGG charts, as well as been a massive crossover hit with tons of coverage in video game and other media outlets, bringing tons of new gamers into this hobby, which is considered one of, if not not the greatest dungeon crawl game of all time, let alone one of the greatest board games of all time. So you could say expectations are a little bit high for Frosthaven. And I've played the first couple of scenarios and the related outpost phases, which is important to some of this video as we'll get to in a little bit. And I can confirm it. It's pretty good. It's it's a it's a really good game. So because I'm not trying to get into all sorts of spoilery territory other than the basic premise of the game, as well as some of the necessary elements for you to have context for what I'm talking about, we're going to keep it pretty cash today. And we're going to start with just what is Frosthaven or Gloomhaven because they're they're effectively two implementations of the same system with one expanding upon the original in considerable ways, but not in an expansion. Frosthaven is a standalone release and intended to be played as such. So what is Frosthaven. This is a campaign-based dungeon crawl game where you and other adventurers are banding together to investigate the frosty mysteries of the frozen north, initially from this town of Frosthaven that you stumble upon, rescue, and then become affiliated with as you go out and discover more stuff and conduct more scenarios. Tactical dungeon crawling combat-y scenarios, which sometimes are going to be affiliated with the story at hand and sometimes are just optional side quest stuff. There are various branching paths as you go about the gobs of different scenarios that this game comes with, and there are legacy components to this as well. Sometimes completing a scenario will gate out other scenarios, and there are all kinds of different packets and envelopes and boxes inside of the Memothian box full of content that only unlocks as you have triggered whatever is necessary to unlock it. Sometimes that's part of the story progression. Sometimes that's part of fulfilling a personal character quest that was randomly drawn at the creation of that character, which usually will mark the retirement of that character, allowing you to then access a new character, either starting one of the original six or a new character that you didn't initially have access to. It is a game that is in a lot of ways a hobby unto itself because it's got so much content to wring out of it. And in so far of everything that I've talked to up until this point, that same thing is true for both Gloomhaven and Frosthaven, except that Frosthaven feels like it's being approached by a much more experienced publisher and designer. Everything feels like there's much more intention on its part. And the place this shines through the most is with your characters. So the game comes with six starting characters that you can choose from it with complexity is low, mid, or high. And already even the low complexity characters feel so much better realized and defined than the characters from the original Gloomhaven. My team took the Deathwalker, Banner Spear, and Blink Blade, and these characters 
even though you still have a lot of freedom in them in how you approach the game, there, there's so much more natural push to intuit and in how to play these characters in the best possible ways. Yes, there are tons of tactical scenarios. Yes, you have a lot of freedom and flexibility with the starting cards that you have, as well as different abilities that you can swap out with, with more advanced cards, and then eventually level up into new abilities with them. Already, none of them feel like jacks of all trades. I mean, take for example the Banner Spear. My character seems like your basic tank, but when you get to it, this character has so much tactical nuance because a lot of her abilities, if you especially lean into them, are about positioning yourself in relation to other characters. You can do pincer attacks, you can hold the wall right next to characters, uh, and you can do this with both other player characters or allies that you can summon, which can be a basic ally that you can repeatedly summon throughout a scenario if they die, which they will die because they are a little weenie, but they give you the posturing that you need to complete a lot of these really stupendous abilities, but also, you have these banners that you can slap down and then they give boons to the other characters on your team. All of your allies benefit from them and your character, the Banner Spear, has the ability to move allies around or grant movement to those allies that are controlled by player characters. So there's a ton of buffs tanking, sustaining a ton of damage, and doing these devastating attacks by posturing yourself around the environment and the enemies in a way that is really intuitive, but also complex and great. And then there's the Blink Blade, who's over there doing some sort of resource management, terraforming Mars type game by themselves, because you're investing and withdrawing these resources that you are going to capitalize on for really advanced, really fancy pants versions of your abilities that gives you so much flexibility and control. I mean, the Blink Blade is all about flipping the cards and then seeing what all the enemy cards are flipped so you can see what all of the clockwork that's going to happen on the turn is and then choosing how you're going to resolve your abilities to react to that which is very complex, very complicated, but also really stupendous to see in action and is a great balance between theme and mechanics. It's this point of thematic intersection that, that just really brings that character a ton of life, which the opposite of life is the Death Walker. Death Walker? Death Walker is the Death Walker, who is not to be confused with Death Stalker, as I always want to call them, who puts out these shadowy, inky blots across the board that you manipulate, and you can use them to teleport across the board, or you can use them to attack from. You can summon shadowy demons from. It is really cool and gives a kind of stealthy, roguish approach to this character, but also at the same time feels very magical and caster in nature in a way that is not just your traditional archetype, which I love. But again, all of these are really well-defined characteristics and capabilities from the get-go. All of these characters feel better defined, better realized, and more nuanced than compared to their original Gloomhaven starting counterparts, which is so welcome and so nice. Yes, 
pure tactical freedom is great, but this game throws a ton of complex, heavy-duty, complicated, AI-driven enemies at you, and you want the tools to feel heroic in the face of all these challenges. You want to feel powerful, and because the game does feel like it's ratcheted up some of the threat, it also gives you the tools to mitigate that in really interesting ways. And that's kind of the through line for my experience with this game and this review is that it is more complicated. There is more to consider. These characters on their own are not basic bros. You are having to make really complex decisions with them, but it's also polished in a way that makes some of those complicated decisions that you're going to make more intuitive. And that continues on with the base building element of Frosthaven, which is the biggest surprise to me and the thing that I did not anticipate liking nearly as much as I have fallen utterly in love with it. So in Gloomhaven, the OG, you would play a scenario and then you go back to town then you might take care of some leveling up stuff. You might get a couple items from the store, blah, 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 blah. It felt like this is just the downtime before you go and actually play the game again. And that was that. Yeah, there was some plot. There were some threads you might follow through. There were some characters that you might learn the names of, but the, the town of Gloomhaven never really felt alive to me, and it was just scratching the surface of this sort of metagame around the scenario-based tactical dungeon crawl. But Frosthaven says, yo, we've taken that whole awesome element of tactical dungeon crawl goodness from the original Gloomhaven, and then we tacked on a legit, really compelling base builder on top of it, because Frosthaven... Anytime you complete a scenario, you go back to your home and then you run through all the buildings, their abilities that they've granted you, the different crafting capabilities that you can uh, access, the upgrades to the town that you can access. There's a calendar system where every scenario that you complete, you're crossing off days on this calendar that eventually leads from summer to winter, back to summer and back and forth, which dictates the sort of random road events and outpost events that you you'll have. There's attacks that may happen on Frosthaven itself, which if you have invested enough into the defenses and prepared for, then you are going to better come out on the other end of those events. And all of this, again, is so much more complex than the original Gloomhaven's between scenario phases, but it's intuitive. It's easy to walk through and know the consequences, or at least the, the gist of the consequences of the decisions that you're making. And there's legitimate risk and intrigue. Who do you invest in? What do you put your attention on? And the way that it weaves into the rest of the game is so intriguing. It'll give you access to better items. You have more story beats that may become available. You may have access to different scenarios or different approaches to scenarios that you wouldn't have had in the past. And then you have the whole loot system, which is another great way of tying the two halves of Frosthaven together, this base building and the scenarios because when you play a scenario in Frosthaven, you kill 
enemies, and those enemies, instead of just dropping some gold like they did in boring old Gloomhaven, they drop loot tokens. And when you gather loot tokens, you draw cards from a deck that has been set up at the beginning of each scenario, which is going to give you all kinds of crafting materials, money, yeah, you can get some money, and even random items that you can stumble into, giving a lot more thematic immersion in killing enemies and taking the loot from them, giving you access to more options when you go back to the base building and the different weapon crafting and potion crafting and all sorts of crafting that you can do, the base upgrades that you can get. I mean, in a board game, I've never been so excited to get like a hide or a piece of steel and be like, aha, we have this, we can do this. When we get back to the outpost, this is what we're going to do. That's how invested in the outpost phase that I am. It's taking the already great structure, the best parts of Gloomhaven, and then adding this metagame structure that provides so much more meaning and so much more of a well-realized and vibrant world. And I love it. But like I said, there is more complexity that comes out of all this. It doesn't make the game any more streamlined to have this more robust base building phase associated with the climax of every scenario. That is going to take more time, but the game feels polished enough to sustain it. And a lot of that comes down to how the rules are presented. The rule book is very well organized. The initial just bare bones mechanics of the game is set up in a way that if you're brand new to the whole Gloomhaven shindig, then you just read it all. But if you're an experienced gloomer and you're just coming to Frosthaven, all of the new rules that are associated with Frosthaven are highlighted in blue text. So you can just breeze through all that and then get to the whole new base building aspect of the game. And then there's other tools like the scenario map. I mean, yes, there's the enormous Frosthaven map that is the map of the world that you populate with stickers for the different scenarios that you have access to and the map of Frosthaven itself, which you populate with the different changes to Frosthaven that happen as a result of the different things that you do in town in this metagaming element, which is a gorgeous map, might I say, as an aficionado of fantasy maps. This is one of the best that I've seen in a game, but the scenario map, which is all the branching paths to the different scenarios that you'll end up getting access to and is like this advent calendar of delicious Frosthaven-y stickers, little scenario nuggets that you get access to to stick onto the big beautiful map itself. It's so well organized in how it presents all the branching paths that you've encountered and what's available to you at this point. And that also carries through to just the box itself. This thing is gargantuan and the organization tools that are in there are so much better than what you've come to expect from the original, especially the token nesting bucket. All of these things go so far to presenting the game, facilitating the game in a way that still gives you every bit of robust, nuanced experience that you're expecting, but making it easier to get to the table. I mean, yes, there are still things that you're going to have to figure out organizational tools for yourself, especially like the monsters, which your instinct might be just to throw them all in a gallon-sized bag and have to sort them out at the beginning of every scenario, which is what a lot of people are going to be doing. And yeah, there's inevitably going to be a ton of third-party support stuff that either gamers are going to come up with themselves or the accessory companies are going to come out with that we're even going to be covering on this channel that will help you keep these things organized. But the bottom line is, is that 
the stock organization is already a more polished approach than the uh, bare bones organization that was in the original. And then from there, it's just the general polish that makes a huge difference to me. I mean, the illustrations are incredible and there are far more art assets. And those are also accessibility improvements like your little character standees for allies that you summon into play. I don't have generic little tokens that I use for my my banner spear allies. I actually have the ally as depicted on my character's artwork. I have the banners that are coming into play. Those are great thematic points and important visual aids. And the illustrations just in general seem incredibly high quality. And that carries through to the writing as well. The eerie, oppressive, frosty North setting is so good. And you know, I'm an Alaska kid. I got into Magic the Gathering when Ice Age came out. I love frosty fantasy fantastical settings, and this works beautifully to facilitate the gothic yet sardonic humor that Gloomhaven treads on so well, and I think even the prose has stepped up a notch. And the last little thing that we got to talk about is the polish to the game system, because for all intents and purposes, the strategic, tactical, dungeon crawl element of the game, it's Gloomhaven. It's what you've come to expect. The cards look very similar. The effects are almost identical. If you play Gloomhaven, you know 90% of what you need to know to sit down and just play this game. Maybe even more than 90%. The major changes are the little finesses to get you to have a better experience with the game. For example, instead of drawing two battle goals at the beginning of a battle, you're picking from three. So that way you can have one that synergizes with your character a little bit better. Or finessing the system when it comes to advantage or disadvantage, especially when it comes to rolling modifiers, getting it down in a much more easy, intuitive system. And then new things are like the new status effects, like Bane, which is a, a countdown to an enormous 10 damage that's going to happen later on, or the incredible Brittle, which the Brittled character will take a double damage hit upon their next source of damage, or some regeneration effects. I mean, there are a ton of new status effects, which are really exciting, but bottom line, the game is delivering the same system that you've come to expect from Gloomhaven and just making it a bit broader, a bit more polished, and otherwise leaving it as is. For some of you, that's going to be incredibly exciting. You don't want them to change what's already working. And for some of you, that may be disappointing because you say, well, I mean, Gloomhaven is already a ton of content. I want something that fundamentally changes the game. But I think they did a smart thing here by just polishing the, the mechanical, tactical aspect of the game, and then greatly improving the whole metagame element by investing you so much, giving you so much agency in the base building and tertiary systems. I think that makes it a much more robust and cohesive world experience while at the same time preserving the best aspects of Gloomhaven. So where does that leave us? Well, this game, in spite of only being $100 when it was kickstarted, is a $250 release. So it is 
a serious investment if you're going to be getting into Frosthaven. And the game expects more out of you. Yes, it is more polished, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be any faster of an experience. I think it's more engaging. I think that some elements are more streamlined and that it facilitates things for you better. But this is a complicated game. It is a complexity lift that you're going to have to endure. And if you're going to be dropping 250 bucks, you want to make sure that you are actually going to be able to make use of that stuff, which is a serious barrier to entry that I would strongly advise anyone to, if you can, get a chance to try the game before you actually invest in it to make sure that you like this system, which is where I direct you to our Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion review, which really is that entry level taste, just a little of Gloomhaven to see if you like that. And then if you want to invest in the big bad daddy itself, which as a straight comparison, based off of the little bit that I've had a chance to play in it so far, Frosthaven is the better game. This girthy lad is both extremely polished and bursting at the seams. It preserves the best aspects of Gloomhaven and then makes all the other elements that much more interesting. I cannot stop thinking about it. And that is our review. But let us know, what are your thoughts on Frosthaven? Are you taking the plunge? Have you completed Gloomhaven? And if you are about to get into it, what is the starting character that you wanna check out? Put it in the comments below. And as always, thanks for watching. Thanks for supporting. Thanks for being such a great community. You know that I've been Jack for the Cardboard Herald.